You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here, and yeah, you know, we've got a lot to talk about, but um, we've had a lot of fun on the show this year. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, this will be our last show for 2019. Thankfully, it's, thankfully, only two that were right. Yeah, this is as true. Thankfully, this is only the second time that we'll be uh, discussing a Wilson loss. But since it occurred in the second season, that does mean that the Wilson Bulldogs football team for 2019 has played its last game, uh, and obviously, it's a very disappointing outcome especially the way it ended against Harrisburg Friday night at Gursky. And we will recap that game. We'll talk about the season and the seniors, and then we'll do a a brief look ahead towards 2020 before signing off for probably about three and a half months. We usually uh, debut a a winter show sometime near the end of February, and we'll get started for 2020. But we'll let this one rest, and I know uh, the program will be having their annual banquet in about a month, and there'll be... um, you know, all league and all Burks awards coming out and things like that to still celebrate. And we'll be covering that on the social pages, but tonight on the show, we will talk Harrisburg season and 2020 very briefly. Sounds good. All right. Uh, I think before we dive in and do our housekeeping, I just want to kind of, uh, Just say, if you're joining us this evening, hoping for us to be upset or mad or angry in any way, um, you've come to the wrong place. I I don't know. Like, I I feel like we've been doing this long enough now that you know that we're incredibly positive and optimistic when it comes to everything uh, Wilson football, be it the game, players, coaching, whatever you want to talk about, facilities, you know, administration. Like, we're not here to bash. I mean, we're not, we're not. That would be a quick way for us to not be well, able to do this anymore. It's either. also but nothing it, that we want to do. No, no. Like, that's not really... We that are, doesn't uh, help anything. We are friends and acquaintances with uh, basically the entire coaching staff. And uh, we have coached or known these players for a long time so if you think we're going to come on here ever this has nothing to do with just the end of this season but in any year past or future think that we're going to come on here and um, rip someone's effort or decisions you are crazy so please don't bring that stuff here and don't talk to us about it because it's not something that we have any interest in talking to Uh, i just saw a lot of comments over the uh, last few days that you know kind of wanted our opinion on things and that's no. that's not what, what yeah, we're going to do. Not gonna so, um, yeah, don't don't uh, don't be incredibly negative about stuff. And thankfully, I didn't like actually know the people that like it was all like random people. Right, I was right. like, I don't really even know who you are. So, you know, no. thankfully, it wasn't people that I was like, you probably shouldn't be asking those questions. It was all people that I was like, I don't right. even I don't even know who you are. <laughs> they may not have even been Wilson fans. I was like, I'm not engaging them anyways. So. Um, Moving on to uh, just kind of bring to an end the show, we just want to mention for one last time our show sponsors for the 2019 season, our fifth year 
May's Sandwich Shop, Topher's 10th and Elm Cafe, our two anonymous donors, and Mr. Andy Herr, who had an incredible write-up after our game last week against Chambersburg. I believe we mentioned it, but I wanted to make sure we shout him out again for that uh, great write-up for EasternPAFootball.com. If you're not fi- following Andy on social media or uh, reading his stuff on EasternPAFootball.com, you're doing yourself a disservice. So definitely follow Andy uh, at on Twitter. He's at Andy Brackets. And uh, visit easternpafootball.com for his stuff. It's very, very good. Yeah, on a quick side note, I think he had a good time at his uh, wide missing game on Saturday, too. He he went to the wide missing game and was covering that. Um, and it, it's interesting just because uh, Anvil is a school he covers a lot for basketball. So, um, he, you know, he's in tune with that school. And, uh, yeah, it I'm sure he had a great write-up for that one, too. I didn't get around to reading it yet, but uh, that'll probably get done sometime this week before their next game. Yeah, and I do want to mention this is not necessarily Bulldog Hour specific, but I want to thank once again Weichel Realty for paying the media rights fee for the game against Chambersburg last Friday and then this past Friday night. uh, And an anonymous donor uh, via the parents organization and the tradition club we kind of came together um worked worked that out that uh someone stepped up and pay for it they didn't want any recognition so i'm not going to say who it was but i want to thank them and uh the, the help from uh the parents Oregon tradition club to uh enable us to do things like the live stream um you know any kind of behind the scenes cooperation it doesn't always almost rarely ever involves money other than the district three playoff games but um, the school district was also a huge help this year. Um, we got uh, five of the six home, no, five of the seven home games were done by Wilson Media Productions. Um, well, I shouldn't say it like that. Six of the seven were done by Wilson Media Productions. It's just the first one wasn't on Facebook. Right. Um, Wilson Media Productions does an amazing job. Uh, the three camera pro setup with they got their own truck, dedicated truck. It's great. They weren't able to be with us Friday night because um, they were well they were setting up for the veterans appreciation event which, which was another incredible. huge success yeah, another awesome, great event the dance awesome event yes uh yesterday i believe yes and uh 18th year so yeah. very good stuff i know uh they pack them in every year i know so. kevin folk was a, a big big uh, player in that in years past i know he's helping set up again this year uh he just started working for us so oh, nice, yeah nice. uh so uh yeah the veteran stuff former polo player former polo, polo player right um yeah, so appreciate uh, you know everyone at the school and at the uh, the booster clubs that have helped uh, you know expand the coverage um, from where it was just a few years ago. It's it's great to have uh, you know people from out of town be able to to uh, watch the game, see pictures, hear commentary, and all that stuff. So we appreciate all that behind the scenes help. Uh, and how to help the show here: sponsorships and advertising. In-kind donations, visiting the website bulldoghour.com, and spreading the word. Yeah, you got to like and share. I just saw a thing yesterday that talked about like and share and how that's like one of the best ways to help spread stuff on social media. So there you go. We're not just saying I don't it because lie. Justin likes to say it. Uh, it, it actually it actually does help. And like I mentioned, we're going to have another live show um, probably in about three and a half months or so. It's when we did it last year. I think it worked out well. We actually you know, did an hour of Bulldog football at the end of February. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's See, always it, stuff coming I out. I feel like it felt really good for us to do that, though, because we were we were in a spot where, you know, you're kind of going through football withdrawal at that point. It's been a few weeks since there's been football. Yeah. And, you know, that's a tough, that's a tough time for everybody. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> well, it a couple of weeks after the Super Bowl, and you don't know what to do. But it's after the Super Bowl, before 
before like NHL or NBA playoffs start before March Madness. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of a, a lull. Yeah, and we want to inject some Wilson football into the discussion, and we will be doing that. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. The date may shift a week or two, um, plus or minus, but. That is the plan, Sunday, February 23rd, and we will have the 2020 schedule, I would think would be ironed out by then. If you're hoping to hear about the 2020 schedule tonight, I I hate to disappoint you, but I don't have it for you, not because they wouldn't give it to me, because it's literally not done. We are still missing an opponent for week four, and the LL League hasn't told us when we're playing the LL opponents because of their realignment from three sections to four sections. So that's not done yet. My... I anticipate the majority of it to be done before the holidays because that's when the new classifications come out in early December. They just put the guidance out, but they do not they did not release where everyone will be because the schools are only now going through where they set and they can choose to play up or not, um, which is the case for Burke's Catholic. They're going to be classified 3A, but they anticipate it sounded like to request to play up in 4A, which is where they have been um, for the last couple cycles i think the last two cycles should be interesting i feel like that on their side i feel like that's something probably out of necessity because they have a they have a tough time filling their schedule as well and i imagine that would only be tougher dropping the three i think would eliminate any chance of a six eight team playing them like central dolphin right central dolphin would probably say thanks for no thanks yeah sorry we can't i mean look how much power ratings matter this year for playoff stuff yeah you would take an entire point honestly, one away. You look in, in District 3, like outside of District 3, people probably may miss that. You know what I mean? Like that may not be on people's radars. Um, and in honestly, in other districts, it may not matter that much. You know, in District 1, 16 teams make it. Yeah. And State College and West, there's 12 6A teams. So it's not really that big of a deal out there. But when you look at, you know, in District 3, I feel like in 5, where it can be really competitive and come down to really close and in, in, in 6, um, yeah, you're not going to have schools lining up to willingly play yeah. willingly look to risk unnecessarily uh, losing quality points like that. So yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a smart move on their part, and they've shown they can obviously compete at an extremely high level in that four A bracket. So there's no real need. Yeah, they're they're still playing. So, right, right. Um, they four uh, A is a good home for them, and that's where it seems they'll stick, yeah. be sticking. Uh, Just one last time on a somber note, we talked about it throughout the offseason and the beginning of this year, but um, we do want to uh, memorialize Greg Barnett uh, here at the end of the season and say the 2019 season was dedicated in his memory. We unfortunately lost Greg suddenly on May 20th, 2019. And uh, he was deeply missed this past season. And I'm sure the coaches and players were thinking about him often uh, during the last uh, 12 game weeks uh, and previously, and we'll continue yeah. to do so for the years to come. All right. Last time, Justin, yeah. last chance. You're not, you're not going to see this again. I know we're, it's crazy. We're, we, we were halfway through column three. <laughs> we're halfway through column three. <laughs> and, Unfortunately, that's about as far as we're going to get. Yeah, uh, we're not. The show will go on. Just uh, um, you know, our our participation is we we kind of bowed out here, but uh, valiant effort. And you know, we we've talked about this a number of times, um, but I, I believe, and I, I may be off on the math now, but like I believe that um, Coach Dom sits at one hundred and fifty four wins. 
I could be off by one or so there, but essentially he's averaging somewhere in the neighborhood of 11 wins a season in a sport where you get 10 You're only guaranteed games essentially 10 games a year. Um, and that's pretty amazing. Um, it speaks to lots of things. And every time we talk to him about just success in general, he throws it right away to he's worked with great coaches. He's worked with great kids. You know, and I, I know that would be his answer the next time. Well, I know it will be the answer the next time we bring up something like that up with him. But, um, you know, it, it does speak to the program that, you know, playing, uh, you know, into mid late November, early December is kind of the norm. And, and that's awesome. You know, and you hope that you hope that never gets overlooked as to like what that actually means that success, right. you know, isn't taken for granted. Um, we were talking a couple weeks ago when we were talking with our, our buddy, Andy, her, um, about how a number of big programs and big schools like Mannheim central, like Wilson and some of these other schools don't play in basketball, true basketball tip-off tournaments anymore <laughs> because they, they were can. so used to not having guys um, early in the season. So um, now as that goes on, who knows what that'll, that'll look like, but it's just one of those things where it's, you know, it, it becomes the expectation, but you hope it, it's not taken for granted because it, it is something special and it, um, you know, it, it's a pretty awesome feat to, be playing into mid-November every year. Oh, absolutely. And uh, the the District 3 6A final will be this Friday, November 15th. It will be at Central Dolphin as they upset Mannheim Township in double overtime, 35-34. Uh, they took advantage of a missed extra point by the Blue Streaks. Uh, the Rams' were, kick was true, and they are, are facing Harrisburg in a rematch, which I'm sure the Cougars are anticipating very much so. I am, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. It's a rematch of last year's district final. At the same place. And it's also, I know we touched on this during the year, but Harrisburg lost to Central Dolphin, but had should have had an attempt from the two-yard line. Scoreboard malfunctioned, not timer, you know, error. I mean, like actual like scoreboard malfunction. It turned off. And there should have been... I, how much time is, uh, you know, debatable people have, have kind of, I've seen different things there, but any, certainly time for one, at least one play, maybe two quick ones, depending on whose clock, you know, you were kind of going by, but easily time for one play. The refs just basically were like, nope, school were about function game over. And that was it. Like nobody, everybody was just kind of like standing around. Yeah. Um, now that game happened at Harrisburg. Uh, so just on a Saturday like, at Severance, yeah. Right. So that it was not. This is a Friday you know, at Speed Ebersol. Right. This this was just really poor timing. It it wasn't anything more than that. Um, but yeah, Harrisburg feels like you know they got cheated out of a chance to win that game. And and honestly, you can argue that that they did get cheated out of a chance to win that game. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't the fault of Central Dolphin, you know, or anything like that. Um. But, yeah, it, it should be an interesting game, you know, because I'm sure Central Dolphins tired of hearing about, like, oh, the only reason you won is because of the scoreboard, you know, like. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Know, They'll be like, pumped to go. Yeah. And this is two teams that are playing incredibly well. Central Dolphin has won nine in a row. After starting one and two, they're now ten and two and playing in the district championship game again this year. And, uh, you know, 
Harrisburg, they struggled a little bit in the middle of the year when there were a few injuries. Well, if if you go back, and this is kind of just taking a step back for a second, but you look from the preseason, right? Everybody kind of said there's four teams that kind of are that have separated themselves in to a lot of people. They anticipate them separating themselves in six A. District three, and it was the top four seeds: Wilson and Township, and Harrisburg and CD, and that played itself out on Friday night. In the two games, yep. both plays, both games were decided on the last play. Yeah, you know, um, it, it's fascinating how that works out. Yeah, obviously, I would have liked it to work out a little differently, but people were dead on when when they called it. Months well, ago, we've you know? been. Uh, yeah, and uh, I talked to the the Saturday after Wilson lost to Manheim Township, and Central Dolphin was given was yes. helped to get the win yeah. versus Harrisburg. I talked to the Central Dolphin radio broadcaster Eric Thomas, and he said immediately when we talked, he's like, "Those are the f- four, meaning those four teams that made it to the final four, four best teams." They'll meet in the final four, and they'll be incredible games. And you know, obviously, a bunch of people jumped on that as uh, after last Saturday's games when everything was said and done. And oh yeah, top four teams are all advancing; they're all playing each other. It's probably going to be a good week. And, and you know, for better or worse, it right. was. Obviously, and, we came out on the wrong side of er- it. But. Eric's in an interesting position there too, because Central Dolphin plays Township and Wilson in their non non league schedule. So he sees CD every week. He saw Township. He saw. Wilson and he saw Harrisburg. Right. He, you know, he was of our of us. He was the one who had seen all of them. So, yeah, he he nailed that early. So, yeah, this was back at the end of September. So yeah. we're full like six weeks later, and and here we are. So, um, yeah, uh, so that's uh, that that's that. Let's get to the actual game itself now. And um, well, let's let's watch uh, the game recap from Huddle. And uh, see what highlights they pull this week. I don't know if uh, I'm going to dive into the Wilson game film and pull any out. I have not seen this game recap yet. So uh, let's uh, take a look and see what Huddle produces for us this time. Maybe maybe it won't freeze. Wouldn't that be a, a I'm not going to bet on it. No, I'm not going to bet on it. So, uh, so the game started out. Wilson had the ball uh, and turned it over on their first series. However, it didn't matter as the both defenses kept feeling each other out. Uh, it would uh, go to the end of the first, would be 0-0. Uh, but then the second quarter happened. Yes. And uh, it was amazing how much uh, how much changed and ha- how quickly things changed. That was a fourth down play there, too, That I was believe. Yeah, that was a huge play. Um now here we're in the second quarter. It's seven to seven. Wilson would score um, to go up seven nothing. Harrisburg would Im- yeah. Harrisburg would immediately answer to tie it seven to seven. Uh, Wilson uh, would continue to drive down the field. Uh, it was done mostly all night on the running of Avante Lockhart. Although here you're going to see, uh, or you're not going to see it apparently. Mason Leonard dove in to give Wilson a fourteen to seven lead. Um, I don't ignore the score at the top because that was wrong. Uh, it was never 33 to 14. I'm not really sure where that came from. Um, 40 to 22. Okay. So yeah, completely ignore the score at the top. Huddle is completely wrong. Um, but this is a nice play to, this is near the end of the game. I believe this is going to maybe, uh, yeah. Take the, was this when they went to take the lead? Mm. 
Huddle, they're not doing so no, good No, I think here. this is the last drive. So here's here's the last drive. Yeah, this is the last drive. All right. So at this point, it's 33 to 20. No, excuse me. That's not right. 30. Well, now, wow. Now I can't even remember. That was not the final score, though. That is no. incorrect. Um. Yeah, I'm going to have to pull out other highlights because that was terrible. That was an awful recap huddle. I'm not really sure what. Did they show any of the touchdowns? I don't know. I don't <laughs> it was know. terrible. Okay. Yeah. Well, but we'll go into the film yeah, and, it, and pull them out. The first just, quarter was just kind of both teams kind of going back and forth. And um, not a, I don't want to say not a whole lot happened, because it, but it, it kind of went by fairly quickly. and But then early in the second, you know, things got rolling and they kind of went both ways. You know, teams got going uh, and, you know, kind of back and forth. But uh, Wilson would kind of grind some things out you know, get things going and then score. And then, um, that Harrisburg would answer with a big play and it only took them a, you know, a couple of plays a right. number of times. So, uh, when, when they were able to do that, um, yeah, it ended up just kind of not getting to, um, you know, there were, there was no separation, I should say, because Wilson would, would, drive down the field but then they wouldn't Harrisburg be able to kind of, back. right Harrisburg had an answer every time yeah so uh, huddle or someone in, in there added a touchdown to the wrong team because the final score was 33 29 favorite Harrisburg not 40 to 22 um here is Wilson's first touchdown as they went into uh the actual game film to uh to pull this up so here we're going to see Wilson score the first touchdown of the game this is in the second quarter um and I believe it's Avanti going up the middle to uh, to put the Bulldogs up seven to nothing. And uh, we'll see if I can. Uh, yeah. This is the kick, but we're not going to watch that. It was made success- successfully by Jack Wagner. Unfortunately, um, just uh, f- five plays later, Harrisburg is going to answer. They methodically drove down the field, and uh, they would get the touchdown to tie it up on this play here so both offenses really started going after the first quarter after they kind of uh, figured out um, the strengths and weaknesses of the opposing unit uh, things drastically changed and each team was able to score bunches three times a piece uh, in the second quarter yeah which is kind of crazy because the first quarter ended zero zero and then right <laughs> you know um, except for a missed extra point by Harrisburg on their third touchdown um, it you know it was would have been there were three scores apiece and it was 21 20 Wilson right. and a half. So Wilson would put together a really nice drive to take the lead again on that touchdown run by Avanti Lockhart. Wilson would go up 14 to 7 after the successfully made extra point. Um, but that would last even less time, yeah. uh, than it did on oops, wrong button. Um, than the previous Wilson lead. Um, Harrisburg would score on their next offensive play after the kickoff, which was oh, you're going to see it right so, here. The next uh, play, and uh, you know Dante Kent's not someone that you can leave much space, and there was a lot of space for him there to make a play, and he scores the 80 yard touchdown to tie the game, 14 to 14. 
Bulldogs get the ball back and they are able to score within five plays again. Again, remember, this is still the second quarter and uh, just really, really great second quarter by the Wilson offense. Just a nice little uh, swing pass there. Avanti ran over, what, three Harrisburg defenders that all converged for the tackle. Uh, Couldn't bring him down. Jack Wagner kicks the extra point. And uh, the Bulldogs are in business up 21 to 14. Uh, there's only about, what, th- there's about three minutes left in, in the first half at this point. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Harrisburg, on their offensive possession, play number five would get a uh, another touchdown to their name as we approach halftime. And uh, this would put them, uh, or excuse me, would attempt to tie the game. It'd be twenty-one to twenty. But as Justin mentioned, uh, they're going to miss this extra point here, which would allow uh, Wilson to eventually go into halftime. I think we block it, don't we? Right, right. Yeah, yeah it is blocked. It is blocked. I believe it's Adam oh, Benino who who busts through and gets a hand on it. I think right there. I think that was Adam. Yeah, yeah. sixty-three. So uh, Adam Benino blocked the extra point. And uh, halftime, 21 to 20. So now into the third quarter. Um, it, there's no immediate scores by either team. Um, but Harrisburg would eventually get the go-ahead touchdown. The defense made them work for it. I believe it took like 12 plays or so. Um, but Harrisburg would eventually get in uh, right here on the rushing touchdown. And they would take their first lead of the game. Um, they would kick. No, I'm sorry. They would. Don't, no, they take a timeout and they go for two, right? Because I remember saying to them, I was like, "That's where they take a extra, take a right, timeout right. early in the well, second half." I don't. Think, I'm not sure they had all their guys on the field either. Like it. It was weird. They were always struggling to get enough guys on for their kicks. But they're going to go for two here, um, and it's going to be um, called incomplete. Or I think he calls him down. I here think out he calls him flat. down. So um, I think he catches it, but he was down with the ball short. Now, I say that. I think that's what he called. We obviously don't get an explanation for that here. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know how he saw that from where he was. Right, yeah, <laughs> like, I don't really know I, either. I think he caught it. And and I do think he was down before he crossed. It's it's really hard to tell. But like it's really hard to tell, and I don't know how he would see that right. from where he is. But whatever, that's I'm yeah, good with it. Yeah, I'm it's over now. It, it yeah. does it doesn't matter. But so Wilson's down twenty six to twenty one, uh, but they would uh, get the ball back and would score, and it would be Avanti again here on that that nice swing pass play. He would run over a few people, get into the end zone. They would take the lead uh, 27-26 and then try to make it a a field goal differential. Wilson would go for two. And uh, we're going to see, well, it's going to be Avanti again here to put Wilson up 29. Okay. I don't remember that. (laughs) It was offsides. Uh, So it moved even closer. That's right. Uh, Here is where we're going to see Avanti do the successful two-point conversion, which will put Wilson up 29 to 26. I believe this is with 
four to five minutes to, to play. Yeah. Uh, Oh, a little bit longer, 6.52. So there's a seven minutes left. So that's obviously a lot of time left on the clock, but Wilson would have the lead. Uh, they would definitely make Harrisburg work for it as it took uh, nine plays for Harrisburg to score. Unfortunately, uh, they would score, which is a big negative, obviously. But uh, they're... Uh, they're really, I mean, he's kind of their 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 goal line type back. He's the one that did the most damage yeah, he against found, us. He's the one that found success uh, against us. Uh, they would kick the extra point here, and this would put them up 33 to 29 with I think 245 remaining, I believe, was the uh the time that we got the football. And uh it wouldn't be the last time we get the football, as no. on the, the third play, the ball gets deflected. And is intercepted. And at this point, people are thinking, okay, the game's prob- probably over. Wilson's done, you know, game over. Just turn the ball over. Thankfully for Wilson, we had all did, three timeouts. <laughs> I did see some some people on social media. I thought I felt this was like a positive thing. So I bring it up. Uh, someone was calling out people who left. He's yeah. like, we had all three timeouts. It was Rob Walters who's, who <laughs> I saw. <laughs> If you know Rob, he has no problem telling anybody what he thinks. So uh, he's like, you know, we had three timeouts. Can't believe people were leaving and they missed a heck of an ending. And they absolutely did. So, yeah. Now, Wilson would stop Harrisburg on three consecutive plays, taking a timeout after each of them. They only gained five yards, three runs with the bruising back. uh, Tymeek Evans, I I can't remember his full name, but he was a bruiser. He did a lot of. Excuse me, a lot of damage against Wilson in the second half. Yeah, little, No hesitation in his run. No, he just <laughs> plowed right ahead. Um, Wilson stopped them when needed to. Um, and Wilson get the ball back. I uh, f- believe it was a fair catch on the punt return. And after an incompletion, Wilson picks up 21 yards. They pick up 14 yards. A couple more incompletions, but then two consecutive first downs on 12 and 11-yard completions. Um now, so now you're getting down into it. Now um, you're inside the 15. Uh, you're on the 12-yard line, and we're just going to play these rapid fire here. So let me pull it up. And uh, at this point, there's, I think, 22 seconds to play, and uh, Wilson's going to get a few plays. They try to catch him off guard with a uh, one-yard run here, which is stopped. Uh, the Bulldogs are going to immediately run up to the line and spike the ball, which you're going to see right here. And there are seven seconds to go. Um, Wilson dials up a attempt at a trick play, which uh, unfortunately due to pressure does right. not become successful. They hand it off to Troy, who tried to get it to Caleb. I'm not sure he would have gotten too far, uh, even if it was complete. No, but it would have been interesting if we could have given the time there just to... And there's the obvious pass right. interference, right. which is going to give Wilson an untimed play here at the end of the game. So there is no time left on the clock. The pass to Fry there um, that was incomplete because the guy was tackling him before the ball got there. Uh, Which you see this a lot in uh, in higher-level games, but they talk about, like, and I don't know that that was the guy's thought process. It's a smart penalty if you're beat. Yeah. You know, if you're beat, 
you're going to lose on that play. Now, I don't know that that's what he's thinking. I, I think he's just, you see ball, you try to make the play, right. and he got there early. But, I mean, you can see Fry being tackled before the ball. No, absolutely. It was an obvious penalty. Absolutely. Everyone was screaming for it, but the ref was reaching for it before people right, were even right. saying it. So they absolutely knew that it was a penalty. So uh, half the distance because of pass interference that takes Wilson from, like, the 12, 11-yard line down to the six. Uh, one play. And uh, this is how, how the uh, the game and the season ended. Uh just a incomplete pass into the end zone, and uh, that that was it for uh, for the game. And the final score would be Harrisburg thirty three, Wilson twenty nine. So yeah. tough way to go down, but I think over the last two weeks, especially um, the resiliency and the fight uh, from the players and and the coaches to not ever feel deflated or down or out um, obviously was on display. And it's something that um, not every team is capable of. So it's definitely was nice to see that they, they could have easily given up after the interception at midfield. Oh, I mean, yeah. the deflection, you know, it's one of those fluky plays. After the guy who we said was running well in the second half, you know, uh, for Harrisburg, you know, it, I don't know that it would have surprised anyone if they could run for 10 yards, you know? Right. Oh, that's all they needed. They needed one right. first and, down. And let's be honest. So we saw their punting pre-game. or struggles yeah. punting pregame. So we knew, like, if you think about it, if they're in a fourth and one or a fourth and two, they may be handing it to that kid again. I know they're at midfield, and I know that's dangerous, and, I, you know, maybe they just take I their th- chances with I it. I think when they but, got stuffed on the first play – it's got five on the next, but right. stuffed on the third. I think you start to think, oh, like, no. oh they're... Ab- absolutely. I'm honestly... But, but, like, I'm saying if they get four on first and then they get three on second and then, you know, they get one on third. Now, if they're, you know, if it's close, I was. I a, don't know that they don't go for it. Were you surprised that they didn't try a quarterback run at all, though? Like, they tried to pound it with a the, little their bit, big especially, guy. Well, or even, like, like, a screen-style pass because they were able to provide enough protection to let like a lot of times when we were getting pressure it was only coming from one spot and i don't mean like the same i just mean like they were able to hold up their line was able to hold up pretty well to provide enough of a chance so that their quarterback always saw where the pressure was coming from i guess that's the best way to put it like we, we didn't have a lot of surprise pressure on the quarterback and so he was able to kind of run and make plays with his arm or get, you know, just buy time and then make the play or was able to run. So I'm kind of surprised they didn't try anything like that, except the way they're running. I think they thought they could run for the first down. And if at worst, make us use all our timeouts and right. they got at worst, they made us use our timeouts. So, uh, but, but like when I look at it, yes, the timeouts would have been nice. You know, you, you get, you, you lose the one for the spike, but you also got the one for the penalty. So, right. you know, you had your four plays. Um, you know, it just games. It's a game of inches, right? It's a game of inches and it's tough. And, you know, you look back, we had some things go our way, especially early in maybe that first game of the season, you know, we had some breaks go our way. Yeah. Um, you know, the central dolphin guy getting tripped up, but we also got to stop at the one inch line, you know, right, later yeah. in that game. Like, so we, we've been on the positive side of the inches this year and just a couple things didn't, didn't go our way in this game. And it, it's tough and it's tough because it comes to a sudden end, you know, um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Sudden victory right there. I mean, that's as close as you're going to get in football. I mean, you can do it obviously when there's overtime, but right. for it to not go into overtime, you can't really right. like that. That's when was it, the last right time? When was the last time there was an untimed down in a Wilson football? I I, I don't. I'm not. I don't mean. I mean it more rhetorically, but right. like you don't see that a lot. You really don't see that a lot in high school. I mean, I, I'm not counting overtime. All those downs are untimed, but like you know, you, you don't see a lot of untimed downs. Because there aren't there aren't all that many one possession games, so it's not really going to matter a lot right. of the times, you know. So yeah, it's kind of crazy. Statistic but. wise, um, you know, it, for a score that was only separated by four, it's going to be relatively even. Though Wilson did gain more first downs than Harrisburg, twenty one to fifteen. Uh, they also they rushed for a similar yardage. Uh, Wilson on more attempts. Uh, 154 yards on 41 for the Bulldogs, 164 yards on 31 carries from the Cougars. Uh, passing yards, though, the Cougars were able to throw for 304 yards. Um, Bulldogs just a shade under 200 at 196. So total offense, 48 for 468 yards from Harrisburg, 66 for 350 from the Bulldogs. Uh, penalties... Not too many penalties that really stuck out, but you know, Harrisburg got called on the, that one at the end of the game that really could have right, mattered. Right. Yeah. Um, that that that's the only one that really stands out. Time of possession wasn't off uh, all that much. Pretty even throughout. Um, Wilson was seven of fourteen on third down. That that's pretty good. Unfortunately, Harrisburg was five of nine, so yeah. they got above fifty percent on that. Uh, but Wilson did convert, and you mentioned this when we were watching uh, the huddle highlights, yeah. that Wilson was two of two on fourth down, uh, which led to touchdowns, I believe, on each drive. Yeah. So absolutely huge and cr- uh, incredibly gutsy and the correct call and yeah. making the right play call in each uh, in each instance. Uh, Harrisburg was two for two in the red zone, Wilson three of four, and obviously the only one they missed was on that last play of the game. I would have taken three for three successful ones yesterday for Penn State. <laughs> oh, let's not go there. Just twisting that knife. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's avoid that. Glutton so, for punishment. Individually speaking, um leading rusher was Avanti Lockhart. He carried it fifteen times for fifty five yards and Again, one touchdown. And like hard earned yards. Yeah, hard earned earned All yards year. for sure. Um Mason Leonard had twelve carries for fifty three yards and a score. Caleb Brown thirteen times for forty excuse me, thirty five yards and uh, passing, Caleb was 13 of 23 for 196 yards and two touchdowns. Receiving, Avanti was the leading receiver. He had six for 108 yards and two touchdowns. Troy Corson next, three for 31. And then Doug Weller, Nate Hoekstra, Matt Fry, and Mason Leonard all hauled in one reception. Defensively speaking, uh, two names are right at the top. Uh, Anthony Coper led the way with nine tackles. He was all over the field once again. He had a half tackle for a loss and one pass breakup, which was big at the beginning of the game. And Avanti was the next leading tackler for Wilson at six tackles, followed by Nate Hoekstra at five and a half. One and a half of those were for loss. And Alfred Horn, who was a monster on special teams. Yeah, he was he was flying he down the flying field. Flying down the field and making plays against yeah. um, you know, the incredibly potent uh, and athletic Harrisburg returners, and he was there every time. That was yeah. one phase of the game that didn't really impact, um, really either team negatively was special teams, other than the blocked extra point. Right. Yeah. So, but a, a return game didn't really 
I mean, we'll send in a few that set them up nicely, but nothing got past like the forty, their own forty. Like I think everything was kept in the forty on their side. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, they everyone... weren't kicking real deep, so it was kind of weird, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, Jack was putting them in the end zone, and then when he, when they were short, we made the we made good tackles because he's not like a line drive kick. He, he's booming them. So right. So uh, before we do the entire season recap, let's finish up here with the Harrisburg game and talk about our player of the game, which after the last few weeks probably should be no surprise. Um, that once again is going to be Avanti Lockhart. And if you count the night that we chose all the seniors, I believe he's our player of the game four weeks in a row. Uh, and he just really took over at times. And he's obviously what not the only positive out of the last you know month of the season or the entire three months of the season. But uh, he really exploded, uh, statistically speaking, over the last few weeks. And again, he was a and huge reason for the, the close and tough game against right. Harrisburg on Friday night. And one of the things, too, was he was he was a big contributor on both sides of the football in so many games like that. It was impressive to see because, like we said, there were lots of ways that lots of guys were contributing and have big contributions. But man, Avanti had some tough running yards this year. Like he he was not given much easy. You know, he he's running into some stout defensive lines and defensive fronts, and still just churning out those yards. And yet. Then he'd go on the defensive side and be making a big play there. So it, yeah, that that's huge all all year. All year, that would be why he's. I don't have a graphic for it, but that's also why he's our player of the year. Okay, well, there we go, <laughs> Avanti So uh, yeah, I don't have a separate graphic for it, but I think you can pretty much figure out as we've talked about him a lot over the last four or five weeks. But Avanti Lockhart uh, is our Bulldog Hour player of the game for Game Twelve against Harrisburg, and also our player of the year for 2019 all right a couple uh, notes here on statistics let's look over uh, just a few before we quickly preview 2020 Um, obviously the team went uh, 10 and 2 getting to double digits wins for the first time since 2016 Uh, just the two losses Friday night at home against Harrisburg and then at the end of September to Mannheim Township and, uh, you know, it was a, a very successful, very strong season for the Bulldogs uh, statistically. Uh, Avanti led the way rushing with 939 yards and 19 rushing touchdowns. Quarterback Caleb Brown was ne- next with 770 rushing yards and four touchdowns, followed by Mason Leonard at 759 yards and seven rushing touchdowns. Caleb was obviously the leading passer as well. He was through 173 times, completing 107 of them for 1,430 yards and 23 touchdown passes. The leading receiver on the year was Troy Corson with 28 receptions for 298 yards and four scores. Avanti next with 24 for 292 and five, followed by Matt Fry with 18 for 197 and three scores. And Brady Gibble, 17 catches, 474 yards and eight touchdowns and last defensively if i can find it here uh avanti led the way with 52 and a half total tackles he had nine and a half for loss four sacks an interception and a fumble recovery 
Anthony Coper next, the two-way starter, had a huge year this year on the offensive line and at his linebacker spot. He had 49.5 tackles, 6.5 for loss, 1.5 sacks, a pass breakup, and a fumble recovery. Uh, Nate Hoekstra was next, 41.5 total tackles, 6.5 for loss, 1.5 sacks for him, excuse me, plus a pass breakup. Um, those were your top three performers, all with 40-plus total tackles for the year. A um, couple standouts. Um, Interception-wise, the leader was, I believe, Mason Leonard with two. Uh, sacks, it was Ethan Capitano with six and a half. I mentioned Avanti had four. Up next would have been Adrian Santana at three and a half. So, um yeah. Anything to say statistically speaking for uh, for the season? No, it, it was it was good to see. Um, you know that there was well, there were guys that like stood out. Like uh, there was a lot of like it was a team effort, and we kind of saw that all year. There there wasn't. Yeah, we talked about Avanti. You know, kind of setting the tone. You know, with his rushing and the tackles there. Um, but like it, it's just uh, it. They got key contributions from lots of guys. And that's at the beginning of the year, we kind of knew that's what was going to be needed. And the guy stepped up, you know, and, and had a heck of a year. Um, you know, it, it, it was fun to watch the group kind of come together. So yeah, for sure, um, you know, yep. and, and kind of leave it all out there, you know, obviously didn't end the way they wanted to, but you know, I don't, I don't think anybody has, and your regrets in that regard, you know, like they, they put it out there every night. So. Yep, they left it all on the field. Yep. Um, incredible senior class, a lot of talent, a lot of fun players, hopefully a lot of them. And a lot of guys that have contributed for a lot of years. Right, yeah, that's what I mean. We saw a lot of these guys last year, a few of them even two years ago, and uh, well, some, some of, of them, them even more, even for four years. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a great class really uh did a lot for the program it's fun to see them play up you know a lot of them posting pictures from playing through lincoln park van reed southern west like all the way through and um that that's that's why the wilson program is as consistent as it is because you get these players that just grow up in the system and they go and watch the games and they become part of the games and it's uh it's it's deep ties and deep roots and that's what breeds the success. That's what it takes. Yeah. And it's uh, not easy. Yeah, it was it was great. Um coaching a bunch of these players and then watching all of them for the last two, three, four years uh culminate uh in this way with a, a really, really strong uh season in twenty nineteen. All right. Well, before we go, we do want to just touch on 2020 as we do at the end of every season we look forward to the next just to kind of whet the appetite and remind everyone um you know what to look out for next season so our little look ahead here is just focused on our returning players you know the starters and contributors we saw this past year and this is not exhaustive it, it's uh doesn't include everyone i had limited space but uh i started to run out of space so i was like oh, i'm just gonna go with this i'll mention a few other people so uh Good news on offense, quarterback and a couple running backs. You know, we lose Avanti, but Mason is back, as is Jaden. So that should be a nice, um, you know, two-pronged attack there. When, when you were going through the stats, Caleb and Mason, it, 
bringing over 1,500 rushing yards right, right there. Yeah. He's returning. Um, so, you know, there's... there's Bringing ta- back 1,500 rushing yards, that doesn't even count Jaden, who looked really strong in his attempts this year. Right. Oh, and that's still not counting the top, our top rusher. So, like, tell you how successful the rushing attack was this year. Yeah, it was really strong. It shouldn't miss a beat next year. Um with uh, wide receiver Troy Corson coming back as well, well you also have one of the uh, pass catchers returning. Um, but that's it on offense. Yeah, so, so there's got to be some guys that step up. Obviously, um, Chase Walters was kind of like the sixth offensive lineman. He saw a lot of playing time. He even changed jerseys. Right. On numbers. So. Um, you know, kind of like a hybrid tight end, sixth tackle, you know, third tackle, sixth right. offensive lineman. Uh, he will obviously have every chance to probably man one of the tackle positions next year, I would think. A tackle or tight end, depending on what they want to do with him. I, I would think tackle. Uh same thing with Matt Schrufer. We saw him uh, often this year, especially at the beginning of the year. He'll be coming back, and I would expect him to nail down one of the uh, offensive line positions. Uh, but the rest up for grabs. We'll see if uh, any 2B seniors can grab any more of those spots or if it's going to be an, an underclassman that steps up. Yeah. So a lot of work to do in the trenches on offense. Um, a little less to have to worry about on defense. Uh, well, you got Jeff Colson back for his fourth year with the team, and uh, he's played a lot of games at the position, and he will be um, probably a preseason pick to be one of the better defensemen in Berks County and the Lancaster Lebanon League. Uh, and then your uh, your speedy defensive ends in Ethan Capitano and uh, Adrian Santana right there is, I believe, 10-plus sacks coming back. Yeah. Um, they are your pass-rushing specialists and uh, could see more time next year in that defense. And then Jaden Jones stepped up at outside linebacker after the uh, unfortunate injury to A.J. Futrick uh, halfway through the year. So he'll be back with a lot of experience. We didn't see too much of Jack Wagner during the season at linebacker due to his special teams duty as the kicker, uh, but I would expect him to have a chance to be one of the inside linebackers uh, next year. And then obviously Mason Leonard and Troy Corson will be manning their defensive back spots next year as well, or you'd expect them to be there right. uh, unless things shuffle. But Troy's been already a three-year starter at safety, and Mason filled in and played the entire year at one of the cornerback spots. Not mentioned there, obviously, quarterback Caleb Brown. We saw him often in de- defensive secondary, and should they need him there, I'm, I'm sure uh, he'd be more than willing to uh, go back to the spot that he started at as a sophomore last year. Special teams-wise, they actually have pretty much everyone back. Uh, I mentioned Jack Wagner. He's been handling kickoffs and the kicking uh, the last two years. Troy's his holder. He's back. Caleb's the punter. He's back. Uh, Chase Walters was the backup long snapper. Uh, Actually, I think the the third long snapper behind AJ and then Brady. Uh, But he was was warming up if needed. And he is returning, already having practiced the position. And then both the kick and punt returners and Troy and Mason back as well. So special teams have a a lot coming back. They find the blockers in front of them and uh, should be okay there. Just have to uh, find a couple linebackers on defense, another defensive tackle. And then the big thing is on offense, finding more pass catchers and the entire offensive line, which is not something I want to gloss over. No, especially because, as we mentioned before, a number of those offensive linemen have started a lot of games. Nate Keller was a three 
plus year starter he played right. he was i believe it was the first ever when we offensive about lineman right. starter as a freshman i think i said this to you i think i said it off the air a couple of shows ago that like has nate keller started more games at offensive line than anyone in wilson history now that might be distorted because early on i don't know you know what i mean like they're well because of the playoffs i would say probably right like i i don't see any other way around it um I probably that's probably true. I, right. I, because there have been people who started as ninth graders. It's rare. Not on offensive line. But not an offensive line. Like that's arguably the toughest to play well, as a ninth. Think I, about I should, the transition from high school to college. Everyone's always like, well, they'll redshirt because there's so much right. strength Lyman, you have Lyman, to build. Right. Lyman it that does it's hard for that to translate. It's not so. much different from middle school, you know, freshman team. To high school, but he was doing it as a pinch hitter, basically as a six lineman, right. as a in. freshman. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, John Ventura was a two plus year starter. Um, Anthony Coper, two year starter. Adam Vanino, basically a full three year starter. Yeah, like that. You're losing a lot of experience on the offensive line, right. a lot of size and strength. Right. So the size and strength is tough to replace. You hope that you can find guys that are being strong um, and work to get stronger. You know, like the, the size, there's only so much you can do about, but right. the strength, you know, that you have to work for that. Um, but the experience, yeah, that's something – there's only one way to gain that, and that's uh, to play. So it, it's going to be a bit of a learning curve for for some guys next year. But, hey, you know, there there are plenty – we showed. There's a number of guys coming back, and they, they're going to have to kind of lead the way, you know, and – we talk about it every year. Guys need to step up, and yep. I'm confident people will. Um, that the senior class needs to step up, and some underclassmen need to, uh, you know, get in the weight room, hit, understand the playbook, get ready to go. You want uh, your there's shot, spots though, up for grabs, right? You want your shot. You got to earn it. You know, like this is the perfect time to do it. Right. It might have been tough coming in this year because you know there's guys that have an edge because of because of that experience. You know. However, you want a spot. You got to earn it now, and that that work is really only a little bit away that that doesn't that doesn't start in august <laughs> no you want to earn that spot you want to step up and be the the senior starter or an underclassman starter you're going to earn that january through may don't expect to just come in and get it handed to you from june to august right. so all right so that wraps up the show for the most part just a couple things to say before we go just a reminder that um last year i i started this journey called my wilson football story i I did a two and a half hour um, broadcast with Chad Henney that I had sat down and talked about his entire career at Wilson, filled with highlights. That was, uh, believe he, it or not, last he March. This is an <laughs> awesome interview. We've done a few with him yeah. now. This was a, a special one, special topic, but he's a heck of an interview. If you if you didn't catch that, you should go back and watch. Oh it, yeah, it's, it's available. Incredible. Um, and my next one, and I already talked to him about it, and I mentioned it on the show before, but I'll mention it again. It's going to be John Doc Moyer, who's got you know 40-plus years with Wilson football and Wilson School District in general. Uh, I know uh, he's looking forward to sit down and talk with me, and now that football season is oh, wrapped man. up, hopefully that will happen soon. So, again, the stories Doc has. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. And, uh, you know, if you have, uh, if you or someone you know would be an interesting person to interview, I, I have a short list of people that I've asked um, to be, uh, 
you know, interviewed. I'm going to get to them. I would like to do more than, you know, one a year, which is like the pace I'm at right now. Uh, hopefully I can get Doc done send, before March. Send that bar low. Uh, yeah. Hey, the, the chat anyone took me. No, forever. I know. I know. Forever. I that know. one took a long time. Uh, but yeah, so Doc will be next. And we're very much looking forward to that one. And uh, just one programming note for us. Um, if you can't get enough of us <laughs> and you just really enjoy hearing us talk about sports and you want to hear us talk about things other than the Wilson football team and, and Pennsylvania high school football, uh, this actually really started as a pro sports show, not this show, but like us doing a, a podcast and radio show uh, called the Joe Mays and J-Raff show. And we started that, if you can believe this, nearly nine years ago. Someone asked me uh, just yesterday, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know how it long it's been. February 2011. They're like, has it been like five years? I'm like, a lot more than that. Yes. I knew I knew it was a lot more than that, but yeah, I didn't know how. February 2011, we started uh, just about Two, a little over two, two and a half years later, we celebrated our 100th episode with Chad Henney say, as our guest. Most, as most of, as most of the things that we do together start, it was, hey, I have an idea. Yeah. Do you want to? And yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Bulldog Hour just kind of spun off of that because Justin and I were already spending so much time talking about Wilson football and being at Wilson football that it kind of made really sense. All we really did was start adding video to it. Right. And like recording our conversations like these are the conversations we have on our drives to and from away games and anytime we see each other <laughs> maybe other people would enjoy listening to it so if you can apply that knowledge and 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 that to anything else like college football or nfl because that's pretty much all we talk about when we throw in a little hockey and basketball here yeah and there. At times of the year we'll march we'll venture madness into other obviously things. and yeah. we'll also we'll do some some fun like uh, pop culture and entertainment stuff from time to time but most of the time it's talking about uh nfl and college football uh you can find us at jmnjrradio.com or jomazjraf.com and we will be starting that up uh next sunday already occasionally we'll talk about how dark knight is your favorite movie uh, of no all we will time. not talk about it <laughs> we will not talk about that as not where we're going with this conversation. So if you would like to hear us more outside of Wilson, check out our regular show. But I think that about does it. So any last words for season five of the Bulldog Hour? Um, it, it was a lot of fun this year. Um, we got to do a lot of shows. So like we had a lot of fun. Um, but honestly, what makes it fun? We we you mentioned it just a couple of seconds ago. We enjoy going to the games. We enjoy talking about the games. We enjoy when people want to talk to us about the games. Um, you know, thanks to the players who gave us time after the games for interviews. You know, thanks to the coaches who let us do this. Um, you know, and they they if they do mind that we're there, they don't. They never voice that to us. So that's always nice of them. <laughs> you know, right, yeah. but we're just there, like they expect us there now, you know, like that it's one of those things. Um, it's just a lot of fun. And it was fun to see this team. Like I said, it was fun to see this team kind of come together um, as a team and a team effort uh, accomplished a lot this year. So um, it, it was a lot of fun and uh, definitely one of those years that I'll, that I'll, we'll, we'll remember for a little while. So. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great year. I kind of mentioned already and just talking about uh, the senior class was a lot of fun. They were fun to coach years ago. They're fun to watch uh, get better over the years. And you kind of see it uh, building last year um, as things didn't quite go the way they had wanted to. And then they, the seniors 
we're like, hey, we got a lot coming back. We want to make uh, big things happen. And uh, they ran into a couple buzz saws during during the regular season and playoffs. And sometimes that happens. And uh, but right. I mean, can't take anything away from them. They fought to the end. It was a great group of of young men. It was a lot of fun to uh, watch them play. And another hugely successful season in West Lawn. And uh, yeah. Just uh, thanks for joining us again. Nineteen episodes this year, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And yeah. you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a little little downtime from Wilson football, but we'll be back and better than ever. And uh, in don't doubt February it. for twenty twenty. <laughs> and like we said, every year we want to try to get bigger and better, and that'll be the goal. So we'll see what we can bring forward into the new decade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man yeah, 2020 here we come so all right for the last time this year thank you so much for joining us for the last uh geez what nine months nine last nine months that we've been doing this and especially the last three months we appreciate all the support and if you like the show continue to uh check bulldoghour.com for more and uh hear me and justin talk about other things on the joe mays and jraf show so for the wilson football program i'm joe mays He's Justin Raffoff, and until next time, remember, go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud, or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.